At New Belgium Brewing, we celebrate the autumn harvest by mashing pale and wheat malt with rye and oats to create a creamy cornucopia of hoppiness. Hoptober Golden Ale. Five hops form a bonfire of citrus notes, fruity cheers, and a bold finale. Throw another log on the fire and enjoy. Employee-owned, wind-powered, committed to sustainability, New Belgium Brewing. Follow your folly. Ours is beer. Find your flavor online at newbelgium.com. With additional support from Kuat Racks and Patagonia. This is The Shorts, and you're listening to The Dirtbag Diaries. I woke on the first day of our two-and-a-half-week trip to wind and rain. Low-hanging clouds extended toward the horizon, giving me the impression that it was going to be raining for a while. With mosquitoes hovering around our faces and little reason to wait out the storm, Five campers and I loaded the canoes and headed into Ontario's Quetico Provincial Park. We followed the meandering French River, where tall grass sprouted through the wavy water and cowered in the strong westerly wind. Pine boughs swayed and sung as their trunks creaked and groaned. Listening to the land only hinted at what it would be like on our first large lake. The reality of its fury came ripping down upon us as we rounded the final bend. It was unobstructed, and ruthlessly whipped our canoes to the side, shoving us towards shore. I laid into my paddle, doing everything I could to lever the bow of our boat back into the wind, but to no avail. So with less than 10 miles under our belts, we were forced to crash a campsite atop a small rock outcropping and pitch our tent amongst down trees and mossy stones. For the last three years, it was at times like this that I called upon a securely double-wrapped collection of letters and notes from the girl I loved. Brianna and I repeatedly said goodbye to each other each June, then immediately started counting down the days until we would see each other again in September. When lightning crashed outside and a million mosquitoes prodded at my group's thin nylon shelter, Bri's words were collectively the next best thing to falling asleep with her in my arms. Her scribblings and sketches cheered and consoled me. I felt connected to Bree through her handwriting and drawings, as I imagined her picking berries and exploring Washington's San Juan Island by bike. At the toughest points of my trips, her words provided more of an escape than any literary heavyweight. Yet each trip I return from is like a seed for the next one. I imagined finding solace through solitude and bliss in the backcountry. At the same time that I think about endless wilderness pursuits, I think about returning home to see her. I imagine holding her in my lap and telling her about the highs and lows, the roses and thorns of each trip. Ultimately, I'm romantic at heart, with one too many idyllic notions of future adventures and a future with Brie constantly melding and mixing in my head. 
She first caught my eye the minute I walked into my university's outdoor program. She was the first coordinator of the newly begun bike loan program and was hooking up students with bikes so they wouldn't need cars. She was a new face and a hard one to miss. She had warm eyes, dark hair, and a genuine smile. Bree carried herself with confident grace and her personality captivated me. Running into her at a local climbing spot, then learning that she lived in a student co-op across the alleyway from me sealed the deal. She was the girl of my dreams. Our first year together was blessed with rafting trips on Oregon's finest rivers, snowshoe trips, and lazily made breakfasts with ingredients we grabbed from each other's house. We went on an overnight bike tour and pulled late night study sessions for a class we took together. Friends, only half jokingly, began referring to us as bread in place of Brian Fred. That first year and its innumerable highlights is marred by the single fleeting memory of stepping aboard a northbound bus headed to an airport and watching her lone figure pedal off on a tandem bike we had ridden to the station together. Guiding is as much a selfish desire as it is an earnest one, and it came at the price of repeated heartbreak when leaving Bree. Is she trying to call me and getting the all-too-familiar voicemail response? Hey, this is Fred. Sorry, Mr. Call. I'm out guiding a trip and may not be back for a week, two weeks, or a month. All summer I counted down the trips left awaiting the moment that I stepped off of a plane into her waiting arms. Instead of looking at Bree's drawings of the landscape she was enjoying, we would relax in them together. We went rafting again. I took her to a Snowden cabin on the north side of Mount Hood, and she took me on a bike tour through Oregon's coast range. This was the outdoorsy Bree that I initially fell in love with, who I imagined could be turned on to the joys of skiing in the western mountains and canoeing in northern Minnesota's lakes. took three nine-month chunks of inseparable time together for me to see that Bree had bigger and better plans. She didn't make me proud by skiing gnarly lines in the backcountry, but by advocating for cyclists and instigating change for the good of the planet. While I justified my seasonal passion, Bree was making marked improvements in our community through following hers, and I loved her all the more for it. Our growing and understanding love for each other was stretched thin over those three summers, but reaffirmed and strengthened each time we were united and spent our time together with small talk-laden walks, bike rides through town, and those lazily made breakfasts in a kitchen or campsite. All the while, though, like an inflatable elephant in the room, was the great unknown of life after college. The notion of two more summers apart, punctuated by a winter in a mountain ski town, didn't sit well with her. And while the Northwest had entertained my desire to explore a new part of the country, I realized that I needed a few more seasons to live nomadically and explore new ranges and rivers. Halfway through a spring break bike tour, we were camped within walking distance of a sandy beach on the Pacific Ocean. 
It should have been the perfect place to lounge in each other's company, but the inflatable elephant was suddenly too awkward not to mention. Our future restricted conversations and magnified the fact that although we indulged in the outdoors together, we had differing lifestyle desires. A month later, I received a 30-day note from the student co-op where we shared a room. Would I be staying put or moving out? The move-out bubble resembled what could be the period in our final sentence together. Summer was on the horizon, and I found myself drifting toward the fork in a river. There was no map for this stretch, and what lay down each branch was anyone's guess. There would surely be boulder-strewn rapids and thick-fingered strainers, but there would also be undeniably calm and beautiful stretches, where the water resembled glass and the only ripples resonated out from a jumping fish. Bree stood on shore near the start of one branch. She was cast in soft and golden evening light. Past her, the water looked tranquil and mellow. I gazed into her brown and expecting eyes and mirrored her reluctant, closed-mouthed smile. But I was fearing toward the other branch to catch a glimpse of the alternative. The current was stronger, and though a tight bend hid the stretch from view, I could hear the tumultuous and exhilarating sound of white water. She was disappearing from view as the flow accelerated. Our eyes remained locked as the current tightened its grip, and the natural world began to engulf me. I ignored what was downriver, and strained to see over the last shoreline shrubs to catch one last fleeting glimpse. But Bree slipped out of view. Just to pick up a few My name is Fred Sprout, and this is my short. Fred is guiding in Minnesota through the fall until he heads to Tahoe for the winter. Here's hoping for another year of record snowfall for you. It's that time of year. The nights are getting colder and darker and more terrifying. That's right, the Tales of Terror, our annual Halloween episode, is on the horizon, so we need scary stories. Please submit your scary stories to dirtbagdiaries at earthling.net. If we choose your story to go on air, you win a Dirtbag Diaries hoodie. Sweet. Once again, that email is dirtbagdiaries at earthlink.net. We look forward to it. Music today by Dodd Farrell, Dada, Jobarta, and Typhoon. You can download all the cuts from our website, www.dirtbagdiaries.com. The shorts are brought to you by New Belgium Brewing, who encourages you to follow your folly. If you don't already follow them on Facebook, you should. New Belgium is involved in so many cool projects, whether it's the final stops of the Tour de Fat, beer tastings near you, or sharing a favorite beer-centric recipe. Check them out on Facebook. Support for the show comes from Kuat Racks. They've honed their skills on bike racks and are expanding their product line to include a roof basket. Check it out at kuatracks.com. Additional support comes from Patagonia. I'm Fitzgerald, and you've been listening to The Dirtbag Diaries.